Hello and welcome to a special episode of the BG Podcast. We're talking the City of Austin's FY21 budget and we have with us intern Josh. Welcome to the show, Josh. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, AJ. Huh? Welcome back to the show, man. I know. Second time already. It's been second like... Second time. I know. Time is flying by, man. Time is flying by. and super quick. Yeah. So this is your... Um, this is your first budget season, City of Austin budget season. And, um, you know, when the budget was released last Monday, um, you know, we had you look over, review, review those 924 pages. I'm sure you read all, read it all in one night, all got it all done, tagged and collated and everything else for, for my, uh, my briefing. Um, I want that later today, actually. <laughs> so what, uh, you know, we, we, we had you look through the budget and, and we start, you know, public hearings on the on proposed budget rather started yesterday, the twenty third. So I want to start with is getting your impressions on what you know, what you saw on the budget, and broadly for someone who's coming into this whole internship um, had no basis in city city government, mm-hmm. and you know it was basically day one for you. So, which I think speaks to a lot of folks, and a lot of folks similarly, a lot of Austinites. Because of uh, we'll get to this too, but because of uh, a lot of issues around a- the police department's police funding, is probably the first time really scrutinizing the budget in a way they had before. So, what was your overall impression? So, you saw the city of Austin's proposed budget, 924 pages. Beyond, I'm assuming just 900 being 924 pages. What do you think of the layout? Just what's your experience with that? I thought, I mean, this being my first, the first budget that I've looked at for a city. Um, I thought it was extremely organized. Uh, I think they had they had six points that they were really focusing on, um, and I would list them out, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Yeah. But it, it's six points that they're really focusing on for the budget, and then you know sub points within those, and really detailing what it is that they're trying to accomplish um, through the new proposed budget uh, within those points. And so I thought that was a very like easy streamlined way to get that information out. Um, but then also this is like extremely unique for me and I don't have any prior knowledge um, of seeing any budgets, any city budgets for that matter. Um, but this situation is unique, like you said, with the um, calls for defunding the police department and then COVID as well and what they're doing to, to assist with that, to assist community members with, with COVID relief funds and, um, and how they're going about defunding the police department and reallocating those funds as well. So, I mean, yeah. it was, it was definitely interesting to say the least. Yeah. And then we had you watching, we had you just for the time you were in our, you know, remotely in our office, rather, we had you watching some of the hearings yesterday. What are your thoughts on that? Right. So there, for those who don't know, we'll have this in the show notes, but they're going to be, yesterday was the, was the second of three rounds of public hearings on the proposed budget. Um, obviously, everything's been remote with council since since March, um, and so folks were calling in and everything else. But what were your thoughts on that, Josh? Just from what you heard, the testimony, um, any surprises for you there, based on what we talked about yeah, prior to the show? Yeah, not too many surprises, honestly, because um, I had heard, I had listened in on some other council meetings before where they would have public speakers before the budget was proposed, um, and it was much in the same, just about defunding the police department. And you could definitely hear like the emotions from people calling in um, just because like initially people were, I mean, it was hours and hours upon like public speakers, which I think is, is crazy that 
the city council members sit there and actually listen to, I think yesterday it was like 13 hours. Um, and yeah, I only I listened to, to three, three, four hours of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's people coming in and really voicing their, um, voicing how um, pleased, displeased they were with the $11 million cut to the police budget, to the police department's budget. And then like going into that too, um, it wasn't even technically a cut. It was money that they were planning to put in this, ne- this year, this upcoming year um, that they decided against um, because, of, because of the public um, comment. But it was interesting too, because I think it comes out to like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And so I can really see, I mean, people were pushing for a hundred million like that was kind of the the number that people were pushing for the police department to be defunded by so that they could get that hundred million dollars and start making it work in other areas. Um, you know, allocating that money to the rise fund, allocating that money to public safety. Another big thing was um, getting new ambulances. And so just, especially now with COVID, um, I know this was something we were talking about too with the, uh, with the amount of ambulances that are like full, what's the term? They're on full for the full day. Like there's only. Oh, it's full, I guess full time. I, I can't remember the term. Full time, yeah. yeah. Full time ambulances. And, and there's not enough currently um, to, to deal with the amount of people that are being hospitalized right now. Um, so it was, I mean, it was for me listening to, to three hours yesterday of public comments and it just being, you know, defund APD, this is disgusting, calling for both, you know, Mayor Adler and for City Manager Spencer Cronk and um, Police Chief Manley, you know, calling out all of them and, and other council members as well. You know, you really see how much people care about this topic. And I'm sure like myself included, you know, I've lived in Austin for, I, I want to say, well, I'm like 21. Got here, yeah. So like fourteen years. A new twenty-one too, right? Yeah, fresh twenty-one. Like I think. Uh, fresh, yeah, fresh, just twenty-one. Yeah, just twenty-one, man. Hold on to that. Hold on. To that. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So I've been here for fourteen years, and you know it's been something that's been in the background of a lot of people's minds, and and now with um, everything going on with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, um, it's been brought up to the to the forefront as it should be. And so you really, you're really seeing people, you know, taking this to heart and coming out and really trying to make sure that the city abides by what they want to see. And so yesterday, the big thing was just that, you know, with the proposed budget of 11 million compared to the 100 million that we've been asking for, clearly people were upset. Yeah. Well, what caught me, um, I don't know if you, if you caught it the time you're watching the, the hearings, but... It went from 100 million to 200 million. I didn't catch that. There were some people, yeah, there were some people pushing for, I mean, I don't know where the number came from, where 200 million came from. I didn't see it in the news, but out of, seemingly out of the blue, and it wasn't seemingly out of the blue, but it's what it seemed to me anyway, but like there were people pushing for $200 million cuts. Um, one thing also, just again, you're being so new to this, and but also at this point recognizing how council is elected and their terms and who actually is term limited and 
or we actually pull back that, that there are term limits. Everyone has, everyone has, has a most two, four year terms. Um, it's interesting, right? Always interesting for me, what issues catch the public, the broad public's attention from council. And when those folks, you know, chime in um, on that issue, but also just, it, like I remember an example, I know uh, one of the members, uh, one, of the, one of the people speaking yesterday had mentioned P.O. Renteria, or direct their comments toward council member, council member P.O. Renteria and saying that, you know, if he didn't vote a certain way, then they would, um, you know, work to see that he wasn't elected. Yeah. But he's also termed out in 2022 anyway. He's, 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 he's so it's, it's, it's a matter of, I mean, obviously recognizing people's uh, intentions and wanting to, to address, to address social you know, ills as they see them. But there's still a layer, you realize too, wherever I watch these kind of big issues play out of, there's still an unawareness of the basics of council, of city government and how it works. Which isn't anyone's fault because most people, I think, are just trying to just live their lives and X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. right? But it is important. And then one of the things I you know we talked about day one on the internship was you need to know who these the district system, how it came about, um, who uh, who people are, and everything else, and what their terms are, and why they have terms because it does play in these things. Like if you were go, you know, again, and not saying I know how, no, not knowing how they'll vote, but certain members, you know, half the council is termed out after coming in 2022. The mayor, uh, council member Ann Kitchen, council member Renteria, council member Tobo. Um, so those kind of things don't mean anything. And also recognizing too, you know, I don't know, if you, did, you, did you even know when you started with the internship what district you were in? No, no. Yeah, and he's I in D8. He knows now, the shout out to council member Paige Ellis, he's in D district eight, but it's that too. Whenever I, I watch these things play out, it's recognizing, I mean, there's some basic stuff. It's just knowing, and a lot of member, a lot of people testified yesterday. They knew, they, they said up front, hi, like, hi, I'm AJ Bingham from district. Well, now I'm district nine. And this is what I'm here to speak on. Right. But even knowing the fact of, you know, knowing what district you're in and you can only vote in that district. And that um, it's, it's just always interesting seeing, seeing the level of knowledgeability that people have when it, when it involves a really hot button issue, mm -hmm. important issues. Yeah, I think one thing too that I, I noticed yesterday was when a lot of people were were coming in. One thing that I think a, a good amount of people brought up was how inaccessible the platform to speak at these meetings are mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, the people on the line were very adamant about like, look. You know, I'm privileged to be able to sit on the phone for an hour and wait my turn to be able to speak my voice to y'all. Um, whereas like some people are at work or are taking care of children, et cetera, whatever it may be. And so um, that was something that I picked up because I didn't, I never even thought about that either. Just like how inaccessible it is for a lot of people in, in the districts, in the community to be able to share their opinions and then you know having to wait all that time and speak um, and then going back to what we were talking about earlier not really seeing any changes being made um, through what you've been advocating and you know I've like I said I listened to three hours city council listened to 13 plus hours of public comments so to sit through all that and then not really see anything, like you can really see why people were, were so upset 
yesterday. Yeah, and you brought up a good point too about accessibility, right? Because it's interesting to see how this whole plays out. You know, back in March, Governor Greg Abbott, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, suspended certain aspects of the Open Meetings Act, which allows, which is why council can meet on on um, online and take votes and make actions happen, and why every other board, city board, commission meeting can also be um, streamed online or, uh, or you know, online. And it's um. I thought, you know, being someone who was at council all the time when we had it, we our city hall when we had a, and you know, we could be go in the building. I my thought was it actually opened up, it made it more accessible in a way that wasn't before because before all this, you had to be at city council. So what happened? What would have happened yesterday if this had been, if COVID hadn't happened, you would have to have show up at city hall to testify, and they would have taken testimony all night, but you would have had to have been there. You would have to sign up, sign up at the kiosk in the in the atrium of City Hall, and then you'll get a place in line, and then you have to wait there to your name to be called. So if you're, if you're you know if you might if you're you get there early or go the day before and sign up, you have an early a, a number you know your name's higher on the list, but you'd have to be there until your name was called, right? And so the fact that now you can call in was a step forward, right? I mean, you're never gonna be with government. No one's ever gonna be all the way happy, but I do think you know, by and large, the fact that you don't have to just drive down the city hall and hopefully the parking lot, the garage wasn't already at capacity. So one assuming one, you had a car or access transit and were able to get there in time and spend a whole day there on an issue, you know, probably, you know, not working potentially. Um, it steps, right? But I don't think most, people, most folks even realize that. So I want to give the city credit, right? I mean, it's something that or the city, it's just, yeah. I think it, it, it relatively, is more accessible than it was prior because now you can be it well you can be anywhere in the world honestly as long as you have a well, as long as you have an internet connection and a phone line we can be anywhere anywhere in the world and and call in to testify or speak on an issue now yeah, yeah again but again with government dude and this is the thing with government you're never no one's ever gonna be all the way happy it won't you'll never make no yeah you can't really yeah but i do think this is someone who's paid to be at be at council um it, it, it definitely opened up i mean but you want you want you want to make you know i think an accessible government is good for society obviously i do think it's that i think it is and you need it you know folks who giving folks access my hope is basically after all this whenever we, we come back to some leveling and we have we're having in-person meetings that the virtual aspect is allowed just for folks who can sign up online and then and you know and they, they can work on the kiosk system for how they on the on the on the queuing system rather for how they um, allow people in on the you know to virtually testify. But allowing that just opens up opens up uh, I think uh, accessibility for more people than before is a perfect no, but I think it does a little more than definitely does more than the past. Yeah, and that no, that's something I didn't know before. I didn't understand. Like, the, like this is my first time working in in policy and government, and so I didn't realize that before this, before the pandemic, um, it wasn't as much online as it was in person. Yeah, so that's interesting too. And yeah, then you brought well, up. Oh, right. I don't know. I was going to say you brought up. Yeah, transportation. Um, and I know like a big thing in Austin coming up is Project Connect. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, is that going to be on the 21 budget? Because that's something that's going to be voted on after. No, it's a bond election. 
no, no, bond it's a bond election. Yeah, so it's it's a straight up vote on issuing a bond for X. Yeah, I think it was like nine point like nine billion or something like that ish. Um, but no, that's a separate thing. Okay. No, I think actually, yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, we're we're on this. Let's bring, let's talk about. Um, I mean, we talked about. So you know how we have a council manager system, a government for the city of Austin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw. I think I shared it with you, but earlier this week, a group came out um, looking to create some petition or a citizens' petition for the November election. I believe that would, would put to the voters would they want to see a charter a charter amendment for to make the city a strong mayor form of government. And I did see that. Yeah. For those who don't know, so Austin's a city a council manager form of government, wherein the council the council basically the city manager Spencer Crunk is the CEO of the city. Council hired him, but he's the highest paid employee, the highest ranking employee of the city. All other employees fall under him. The police chief, fire chief, all went down the chain. Um, and only he can fire or hire a police chief or fire chief and so on. Council can ultimately decide whether they want to renew or handle his, his or her contract with that set. Um, he, and, he and his staff administer the policies that council creates um, and executes those policies and that's the relationship. In a strong mayor form of government, which in Texas, only Houston has a strong mayor form, uh, the mayor, as it's implied, has a lot more executive authority um, in the day-to-day functioning of government. And so that is something that was, the group was announced on Monday, I believe, and they'll be working towards these petitions, which is a whole other, actually another matter too. Austin, um, we'll put this in the show notes, but the city of Austin has a, a very low, relatively low threshold for putting something on the ballot by, by petition, which is basically me going out and getting signatures from folks who are native, who are native Austinites, who are Austinites who live here <laughs> to say that they want to have something on the ballot, right? So I could, I could in theory go out and have like Josh and this, a street team of folks get find me 20,000 or so signatures, which is about 3% of Austin's population. Um, not even, actually not three not percent. It's twenty. You need twenty thousand signatures to get something relatively on the on the on the ballot uh, in Austin, which is low compared to Houston, Dallas, and other major cities in Texas, where the threshold is closer to hundred thousand, like eighty thousand, ninety thousand folks. And so that being said, it's something to watch out for because um, not good or bad, just something different for those who are unaware. Our current form of government ten one. The district system has been only only been in place for five years since 2015. We've only had one mayor in that system, Mayor Adler, and he's termed out. He's on. He's in second term now. He'll be termed out in 2022. And so, as we're going through all this, including the budget, I mean, a strong mayor would definitely shift a lot of practices of how Austin's done. And I don't have an opinion on it one way or another. It's just more informational. Um, but with the budget and everything else, like having a strong mayor now. It, it, it essentially does remove a lot of, uh, you know, the authority from the overall council in certain ways. And there's, there's still politics that can be done, but the administrative authority gets removed. And what that means for budgets, um, or it would impact budget authority as well. So it's something to watch. Nothing, I think, is going to happen in the next several months. But as that group gets up and running, we'll put that in the show notes as well. It's uh, something to pay attention to for those, for those folks who are both city hall watchers on the regular and also folks who are just getting involved in all this, that itself have, will have a, whether we have a strong mayor or not, I think has a, 
has a bigger impact on the city than a police chief hiring or a city manager hiring or any other officer, honestly. So something to watch out for. Interesting times for Austin, as always, in the last several quarters. And uh, yeah, with that, Josh, I'll give you the last word. Anything else uh, you're seeing out there? Um, no, just on that, it, it seems like a city rebuttal against or, or a community rebuttal um, towards towards city manager Spencer Kronk. Um, I, a lot of people yeah. have been protesting for the removal of Chief Manley, and um, you know he hasn't done that. And I, I guess as of recent, there's been a lot of things that um, the citizens of Austin, Austinites. Uh, haven't seen being done. So it seems like a rebuttal, but I, I also don't know how long that's been in the works. That it's been talked about back and forth, but I don't think it's, it's, it's almost, it came up. It, it was, I don't believe it's anything to do with Spencer with so with C manager Kronk. Okay. Right. It's just, it's something that I've been heard talked about. I've heard talk about past several years. Um, but it's also it's one of those things I think people need to realize when you have a strong mayor, it's, it's, it can, it can be great for you if that mayor is on your issues support your issues but not so much if they're not and um it's just it's a new, it's a new way of doing things i think when we have a current you know our current form of government's only five years old something to consider as we're still developing and learning to engage with the current district system as it is no you know no uh no position on it but just it's just something to watch because it will affect how the lobby does business and how citizens interact with government for sure. Yeah. All right, Josh. Well, that we're going to close out and uh, you're doing great as always, man. And it's been a fast month and a half already. And so we're almost, I guess we're at more, almost two months. We're almost we're at August next week. Yeah, I know. We're almost at yeah. August. Yeah. So it's a trip. Yeah, it's All been right, a man. lot of fun. Learned a lot already.